0: This is the Machination Log, recorded July 15th, 2016. This is your host, David Paddock. Across from me, I've got Ryan Riley. Hello. Ryan. Yes. You have a podcast. I have a forthcoming podcast, yes. And it's never been more forthcoming. (laughs) Yes. From the sounds of it. Um, So, dear listeners from a long, long while back... We'll know that uh, Ryan has been working on some form of political semi-historical podcast to talk about any one of a number of topics that oscillated between the Cold War for a little while and then some how-to guides. Ryan, where is it today? So the the forthcoming podcast is uh, uh, basically
1: almost put together. I've got my first two general episodes up. I've got um, a pretty good understanding of how I'm going to, or a plan, if you will, about how I'm going to continue to put out new episodes, uh, probably at about three to four per month. So I've got a little something together. Uh, I've got a reasonable uh, plan put forward. I've got a good overall um, ideal or conceit, if you will, for the, uh, for the podcast itself. Something I'm satisfied with, something I'm happy with, something I think that will be doable and um spill it man what is it yeah okay so i just to kind of recap here quickly i had some larger if you will grand designs for the podcast that i was wanting to put together sure so i had gone through some iterations of what it wanted what i wanted it to be how i wanted to format it um what the overall goal was and i think you know the biggest problem about the podcast uh, for from a pod from the format itself and then my biggest problem as well which i which we'll talk about in just a second but the biggest problem from podcasting is that initially, you know, you're not paid to do anything. Like us sitting around here right now, you know, we're not being paid to do this. Uh, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't have rewards greater uh, than those that are monetary. God, we hope so. Oh, absolutely. So uh, putting this thing together, you know, I was I was looking into it and it was the idea, well, how could this make money? How could this be marketable? How could this uh, appeal to an audience outside of, you know, perhaps like my mom and a select group of friends? And it was... Really that I, ha- I kind of hit upon the idea that, well, I was going to do this like longer form uh, podcasting format. Um, but the problem is, is that the amount of effort and work that it required was not something that I was willing to take a risk on and to put content out there and then have it really not come to something. It's not like I'm not afraid of long form projects, but that to start there and then do that for free in a podcast format... I don't think is the right approach to take. So what I began doing was I kind of like shelved the Cold War History Podcast. And to a certain extent, I'm glad that I did so. Because if you type in Cold War Podcast into iTunes, you get a recently launched, I think of February or January of this year, a Cold War Podcast. And I do have to say, David, I don't know if you remember this, but when uh, we were living together, I had mentioned this this, um, classical piece... And I kind of hummed it. I couldn't put my finger on it. You know that fucking podcast intro music is that song that I had wanted to put into it? Outstanding. Not only that, but the the, the format and outlines that I had, the, the beginnings kind of, you know, of that podcast link up to what I had wanted to do. I had, like, for example, you know, I was going to do, like, communism Soviet style and um, capitalism America style. And then, you know, like, to set up the story. Yeah. And, of course, that's, like, within the first six episodes, that's exactly what this author of this podcast decided to do. Does this guy have your Gmail account? I hope not. I mean, I was really concerned about this, but I just took it as a kind of, you know... To a certain extent, you could take it as a compliment, right? That I am kind of in line with the thinking of how a rational person would go about something like you're this. You're on the so, right track yeah, somehow. Yeah, it might be validating to a certain extent. The problem, of course, being that you're on uh, somebody else's track now. Yes, exactly. Uh, but still, I felt you know, just a little bit confident, but at the same time, all right, let's kind of wheel back this thing. Uh, and then I wanted to kind of put it forward in this idea that, well, maybe it would be sort of like a how-to guide, that it would kind of guide... You know, the listener through different types of political, military, social, uh, you know, g- conflict scenarios and try to be like a how-to guide. Uh, but the problem with that is, is that it kind of came off as pretentious, uh, but then also the weird thing was, was that the format itself, uh, I kept finding myself deviating from this. So I had this repeated pattern, let's say, which is that when I had kind of established a format that was going to define what the podcast would be and then move on from there... I kind of had a problem, which is that I found it runs into my second major problem, which is that I do, I don't do well being micromanaged. But it also turns out that I'm not very good at the other extreme, uh, which is not having a boss. Uh, I kind of, I find that, (laughs) and the weird thing is, is that why I like being a professor is that I have a boss, and I have a task, and I have responsibilities. But I never have to interact with anyone in order to accomplish them. No. You know, it's like, I have, a, I have a dean, I have my program, uh, uh, my program director for political science, they're great guys, I work, you know, I see them two, three, four times a year, <laughs> I get my classes online, I handle my business and rarely do the two meet, you know? And that's a really great format for me, right? The idea that you have a task assigned to you and then you're given a lot of free reign to go and collect it, that is like ideal for me. Yeah. And the problem with the podcast is, is I don't have a boss. Like there's no like required format. You know, no one's giving me the, uh, the, the topics or the episodes. I felt that it would have been a little bit better to do that if someone had been saying this is the task, you know, that slight bit of guidance that a boss can have was something that I, I kind of needed. So as I developed each, you know, the, the, uh, the how-to guides, the, the Cold War podcast and all the iterations, this was the pattern, right? I'd get about eight episodes planned out, I'd get about two scripts written, about three detailed outlined, and the rest in the research and development phase, and then it would peter out. Right? it would it would stop functioning. It would stop formatting, and the problem was uh, it would just stop the momentum and intellectual curios- curiosity that I had to see it through. So, what to do? And why? What what have I solved? Um, well, part of it was that I was trying to kind of grind myself into. The formats of podcasts that I had kind of seen come, you know, before this podcast that I like to listen to, the ones that I, that I can identify and see that successful. Do you think there are any specific inspirations for the format it's going to take? Uh, so essentially, uh, I felt that when I had looked, OK, so I had to go back, right, which was that when I was I tended to stumble upon podcasts or catch them, you know, when they were becoming popular. And you know, I don't rush around and look at like new podcasts with zero reviews and listen to them. Because uh, you end up dealing with a lot, of, a lot of shit. But like when I had found them, I started going back and listening. So I went back and listened, to like Dan Carlin's original ones, and I went back and I listened to um, uh, Mike Duncan's original ones, and they all kind of, you know, developed their their style and the format into a kind of into something that I felt that they that they could replicate. You could see them kind of working their way to that, and the thing was was that. You know, when you read about, even if you read, like, articles about how to podcast or you read, like, interviews with famous podcasters, they always give this advice, which is that, well, you know, you've got to be marketable. You've got to do, you know, consistent content, which is what I had a problem with. You've got to, you know, helps to have, um, it helps to have um, a a singular, you know, guiding focus for the podcast. Oh, fuck. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. No, so, but, so I was going through this and listening to it. I'm like, well, you know, this is all well and good. But it doesn't exactly focus with what I want to do it on. And so kind of taking a lesson from actual garbage, I was like, well, fuck it. This is just going to be my podcast, right? I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want to do and talk about whatever the fuck I want to talk about in any sort of goddamn format that I feel like playing. Yep. The idea was, was that why am I going to kind of pigeonhole myself into something that A, I'm not experienced in, B, I don't know if I enjoy, and then C, the worst thing of all would be to go out there, do a podcast and... and be miserable for six months and have 12 episodes that you fucking don't have the desire or energy to continue. That is that is more of a failure to me than the failures I've come across up until now, which is having, you know, gotten together but never published. I would have been I would have considered that a huge, huge failure. And to be honest, I probably would have pushed forward and soldiered on and made myself not only miserable in those six months, but probably for two and a half Keeping years it after at it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No. So like trying to avoid that calamity in my personal life and for those all around me because of the miserable son of a bitch that I would have become, I decided that I was just going to do this podcast and do whatever the fuck I wanted to. It was just going to be, you know, if I wanted to do, to do a screed on, you know, libertarianism, that's what I'm going to do, right? I wanted to allow myself the kind of intellectual energy to have some sort of desire to get out there, do the research, do the grunt work necessary to get it written and recorded and released and allow the kind of energy of wherever I feel my focus or interest taking me to provide the ability to do that and do that consistently. And hopefully do it in a way that seems more enjoyable and that is more fun to me myself as well. So I'm basically throwing out everything that I had been told to do by experts, if you will, and I'm just going to do something that is as open, wide open, you, you know, formatted and as as loose In terms of the advice that I had been given as I wanted to do. And that's what I've decided to hit upon. And it's been, to be honest, the best experience since I
0: actually decided to do this. It feels like I've, like, it feels like I decided to put a podcast together again for the first time. Oh, and it's certainly got more organism to it. The, um, or it's more organic. I don't know if organism is actually a different version of the word organic (laughs) there. I keep using it that way. Regardless, um... Yeah, because the Cold War podcast. I mean, I listened to one initial draft of that, and that was so. And you had mentioned and sort of recognized this earlier on, because you have done audio notes for your right uh, for your teaching career. And when those are semi extemporaneous, they sounded much looser. Mm -hmm. I mean, I heard an example of those, and then I heard an example of the Cold War where you had essentially written down what you were going to say. Right, and I mean that just that does not seem to work for you. It doesn't sound like me. It's crazy. Like, it didn't, it wasn't enjoyable.
1: And the weird thing was, was that if, you know, I didn't feel that I could put in the rhetorical flair of how I actually wanted to write, you know, because if I like, if I want to, like, writing, like, if I wrote a history, it would be like, like, Winston Churchill on acid kind of history, you know? Like, I like the, like, the really polemical kind of writing, but at the same time, that tries to, like deal with the larger trends. I mean, I like, I like that. I like writing with style and flair and the podcast I had developed this kind of like half Mike Duncan style. Well, it was, you know, it was in, it was in the muck. It was numbers. It was like trying to relay a dense amount of information. And, you know, I'm I'm meticulously setting the stage for the players and never even got to the drama
0: of what was going on within it. It was, it was not fun. I mean, I'll be honest with <laughs> you, like, it was not fun. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily want to infringe on what we're going to be talking about next week. We're going to actually have a writing podcast because the person who inspired me to do that writing podcast will be in town. Excellent. Um, okay. Ron Garcia will be back. But, so I don't necessarily want to uh, – I don't want to preload that conversation. But writing is weird that way. I mean, I can talk in sort of a flowy manner. I mean, you, you're better at it to some degree. Uh, you've got a bit. You got a much better chop to the way that you talk. I got a lot of practice. as well Yeah, with no, it, yeah. I was, that's that's for a good reason. Right, but the um, but it is weird that you would think that just writing what you're saying would be uh would be sufficient mm-hmm. to then craft it into exactly what you want. But almost no one writes that way. Right. Like you could theoretically, if you knew that your speaking voice was superior to your writing voice, just dictate yes. and then fix the little minutiae and reorganize but that doesn't that doesn't tend to be how people write. Absolutely. They write from a completely different place. And you can see this when you uh if you listen to any of my introverse episodes. The introverse episodes are all written out yes. fully. Um and then I record them several times so that they don't have Errors in them, which yes. takes a long, long yes, it does. time. Yes. <laughs> that's that's the other thing about that's you know for every. I mean, with this podcast, it's going to take me about twice as long as the podcast itself to put it out. Between right. setting up the laptop, getting us recorded, editing it. If mm-hmm. this is an hour long podcast, it's not going to be an hour long podcast. It would take me two hours. The introverse episodes, mm-hmm. uh, it's about an hour a minute. Right. To put those out. Yeah. And and granted, there's benefit to that because if I need to talk about a topic that I don't fully understand yet or I need more colorful language that mm-hmm. I'm not going to think of on the spot, sure, absolutely worth it. But in almost all contexts, right. it's not worth the time, mm-hmm. especially not in a case where – I mean, how often do you ever read in front of your class? Not – Read stuff? Yeah, absolutely.
1: Usually, never. Like, I I have like select moments where I like, you know, because like students need help like reading in the textbook, and so when I'm like, I'll, like I have these little moments where like, you know, the, the actual text itself will be this is the most important point of all, and then they'll like have like a little like two sentence <laughs> thing, and I say if you read through this chapter and didn't underline this, whenever it's a textbook says this is the most important point, highlight that motherfucker and know that shit right? Like so, <laughs> so for that I don't usually read a lot, but I do have. I mean, it's not just. I mean, I myself am a little bit scripted, in the sense that you know, to me, the kind of patterns of behavior and the, the 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 excuse me, the the patterns of the language that I speak in, you know, the stories that I kind of tell and unfurl as I talk about things, you know, the scenarios of students when I interact with them that I that I've kind of cultivated and created and refined over time. I think it very much kind of resembles the same practice of, you know, when you write something in your head, right? When you are sitting down typing, even if you're going back over it and correcting it but still just doing it in your own mind so to speak i mean i think we both realize that getting it out there into the world by speaking it completely different ball game right yeah. the the ca- you suddenly are aware of the issues like cadence of of meter if you will of how you of how you relay things and how you speak i can it it just takes i think a certain amount of exercise in that muscle to be able to I think do perhaps two better the, the the two things simultaneously while writing it can get a little bit better but it is not something that is like initially I mean maybe like, Shakespeare could do it you know <laughs> but like not like not humble people like us
0: no and, and that's that's one of the strange things about the whole enterprise of speaking versus writing here is that I know that this is the reverse for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. There are plenty of writers that can't speak. Right. Um, so this has to, in some degree, be a practice thing. But it is funny that in both of our cases, I mean, I would I would put my writing and my speaking, I don't, the writing's so slow, I don't know how to specifically yes. classify it, but I feel like they're on a more even keel than you probably do. Right. Um, at the same time, I don't have – the problems of cadence and meter are absolutely present Mm -hmm. in both cases and are immediately resolved when I'm speaking. Like I don't have problems – I'll occasionally forget how to end a sentence like the one I just did and I'll just – I've gotten good at just dropping it and moving on. But for the most part, that's very natural. Yes. At least in our – case.
1: Well, but for writing, you know, like suddenly that's a fucking problem you have to resolve, right? And a lot of times,
0: you know, if you... You, That requires editing. Yeah, You you can't can't get it on the first try. You can't
1: just drop the end of a written fucking sentence and then just start up where, you know, you've got to resolve that and then, you know, bring that, you know, well, I've got to go back four sentences now to set up this change, you know, like it has some structural problems to it. But at the same time, you know, I, I, when I'm going through and writing something down, especially in terms of podcasting, right? So the problem with podcasting is that you've got kind of like a weekly deadline, which isn't bad, but you figure if you're going to do eight, you know, average 15 to 20 minute podcast. um, So I do about, I speak about 150 words uh, a minute. Uh, having written them
0: down. It's about, really? it's about you know, 100,
1: 125 to, Oh, I
0: speak quickly anyway. Well, no, I was going to say 150 is average. I would think you'd be above that. I, I have to... I slow myself down, you know, okay. so I, I can,
1: you know... Because if I'm talking interpersonally, I go much further than that. And I usually am frustrated when the real world is not on, you know, 1.5 times on my podcast speed, you know, like <laughs> yeah. listening
0: to my my usual podcast at normal speed is just infuriating You're to me You're supposed to spend that time intently looking at
1: them. Yeah, exactly. So, um... But for but for the other thing I've thrown away was that I thought I had stumbled upon something uh, when I talked about last time with the script. It was good formatting it was it was disciplining me in terms of being able to set up a show. But then when I realized was that you know at the at the end of the fucking day like you don't need to script the thing this script the details out all the time and I was kind of you know became more writing and not podcasting. So the other major innovation that I've had is kind of <clears throat> excuse me uh, going away from, uh, going away from this kind of, or, you know, scripted where every single word will be scripted. And instead now I simply get and sit down for maybe an hour or two and just, you know, go through the the issue or topic that I'm wanting to talk about. And so I'm, the other thing that I found that was very helpful was that I stopped fucking typing on a computer. Like, I do not know what it is, and I don't know why I had to finally get back to it. But the last major writing project that I had was my uh, master's thesis. And I wrote probably like three-fifths, 60, 65% of that by hand before I typed it out. And for some reason, the like the length of time it takes to physically write something down so that I can read it, uh, which is a key component, um, that disciplines my thinking a little bit more. But it, it also seems that I'm able to like catch my good ideas because the problem with writing on the computer is the fucking delete function, right? Writing something on hand even if you exit out, it's still written there. Yeah. But, like, I had a difficulty with by the, in the computer, which is that if I wanted to go back to something that I had been working on or maybe a turn of phrase that I had, that I, I knew was decent but I couldn't remember and now I've, like, recently justified by a new idea I've had, I fucking would lose that. And now I don't lose that shit. And, and trying to find this balance between scripted, extemporaneous, you know, scripted and yet somehow impromptu speaking that the podcast, I think really really is the best thing for I have found that this writing by longhand and and really just kind of like detailed note taking of the progress of the, of how I want to kind of pr- go through the topic that I'll be speaking about that is much much better and I think it just fits that kind of niche about you know cuz this whole thing to a certain extent has been a process right a process of how I want to and find inspiration how I go about relying on my creative abilities how I find my research and and Bringing those together in a kind of method that has really kind of coalesced around something that I kind of always knew to be true, but had somehow I think bizarrely enough kind of forgotten about myself or like didn't recognize or see. And it's been something that, as I've kind of gone through this and really I've had a kind of just dearth in my creative thinking in general, and it's been a long time. Like I'd put a lot of creative energy into doing my lectures and and you know being a good professor, if you will. Sure. And now that I have that nailed and I'm a little bit on autopilot to a certain extent, you know, this is, I'd kind of lost a little bit and this has kind of gotten it back. And it's been in the same kind of, you know, methods and format and way in which I had gone about investigating and writing and being creative in the field that I like being creative in. And it's kind of brought that home to a certain extent. So it's real, it's, I mean, it's really quite invigorating to a certain extent. And it's just been nice to kind of have this process and allowing myself to co- to go through these kinds of failures and to see that you know it has its place and it's and it's there but I had to kind of discover this to kind of bring about some of those other areas and and avenues and ways of creating that I hadn't really
0: fully I don't know internalized to a certain extent I tend to agree with all of that yeah <laughs> it's it, the the creative process is one that does atrophy and moreover the the lesson and this this is not Profound wisdom, uh, from my head. It is from a variety of other places. Uh, Inspiration tends to strike when you're striking. Yeah, I mean, you have to do things in order to be inspired to do other things. There's uh, one of the one of the biggest problems with creative work, and it comes into play even in a thing like this. I mean, I put out podcasts normally uh, three. I normally put them out three times a week. Right, but even that is not I. I still, I, I did that to combat a preciousness to any particular podcast so that I would actually put the damn things out because at a rate of three a week, it's okay if one of them sucks. Yeah. Like, I, I because eventually it'll get buried. Um, yes. <laughs> but but even that's not quite enough to combat preciousness in your work. Right. And I think this ended up coming into play back in the Cold War version of this. Um, and the how-to version may very well have the same problem where if you have a really good idea... hmm it sucks to have to actually execute that idea because you're afraid you're never going to have another good idea ever again. Yeah, absolutely. And it's and th- th- that's that's just not true, and it's just impossible to convince yourself of that.
1: Well, and it's weird too because if, if you have a, such a rigor a rigorous format or structure, especially in things like writing. I mean, this is you know, writing is so unique in terms of and you know, in, in the way that it is a communic the way it communicates to people which is that if you had like a great idea for a sculptor, but the bad thing was was that you were a painter and it spent like 20 years being a <laughs> painter, you know, like that would kind of suck. But at the same time, it would be a little bit easier to let go because, you know, well, this isn't part of my overall skill set. But the strange thing is, is that if you're writing for a specific type of format, you know, the idea of, of having to grind an idea into a format. So for example, if, you know, if you're a script writer and you're writing movie scripts and you've got a great idea for, you know, a radio program or a novel, it's very, I think it's, it's there's i don't know for me but it just felt like there was something fucking really disheartening about having to like jam this thing into this like so i had an idea and then i would have to like jam it into this like how to podcast or you know i had a larger meditation that i wanted to work on about international politics but it's like well no i've got to fucking smush it into the cold war and find a yeah. way to kind of execute it out and i'm like i didn't want to do that i wanted especially for at the outset like this like it, for some reason this being the first one the idea that it would just be fucking whatever I wanted to do, and I wouldn't hold it to some preconceived standard or format—that was what I was looking for. Because in the end, this thing was ended up being the other iterations ended up being anything but like freeing. And what the hell do you do creative work to to? Why the, why do you do? Why do you want to be creative if not to have a certain amount of freedom in what you're trying
0: to do? Profit and legacy. Oh, I guess so. <laughs> That's okay. You're young. You're not. Yeah. When, yes. You 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 only need to worry about that when you're 50. Absolutely. That, at that point, you can start fretting about the fact that your grand plans are falling apart. For Excellent. now, okay. for now, you've got time. I got plenty. I've already grown the 50 beard too. <laughs> so I got a. I got the <laughs> You just need to salt and pepper it. And you'll be <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah.
1: There we go. I just, can I get there early? You know, like. Well, oh.
0: uh, no. It. Um, yeah. This will just be the. This will be the prologue to the writing podcast, I guess. Um, how much or actually the first question I was going to ask, do you write in cursive?
1: No. Okay. No, I write in, in scribbled uh shorthand. Uh, Sunserf? So yeah, yeah, exa- yes, there you go.
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was the other thing? Um How much do you think you write? Oh, for, for like an
1: episode or just in general? Just period. Just period. On average, if I'm doing podcast and other stuff with like everything else in my life, maybe 1500 to 2000 words a day if that's if that's the case cuz with everything that yeah and and that's averaging out for heavy days okay yeah that's averaging
0: out for heavy days like in a week or so all right that's the stephen king quote is 2000 words so yeah, that's it not a,
1: Yeah, between I mean, that's that includes like emails and like redoing assignments. Oh yeah, and, sure. Yeah, so that's like yeah. all the writing I do, and you know that. And once again, you know, with the podcasting thing, it's like maybe two or three days a week. Especially it's been the last couple of weeks, I will sit down and I will think. But once again, those aren't longer. F- I mean, that's that's including that writing, which is intentionally brief, and you know, I, I like just getting out larger, uh, you know, ideas in a in a kind of truncated format in general as well. Yeah. Um, but you know,
0: in, when the shit hits the fan, and so I've written, I've written more per week than that. But I don't think that's <laughs> ideal. <laughs> no, not generally. It's it, it's kind of a que- It's definitely going to be one of the first questions I ask on the on writing thing because I am I am a little curious. There is a massive disparity in the writing community in the amount that any one person writes, and I'm trying to dis- I'm trying to decipher what specifically makes one person or another need to write more.
1: You probably probably write about the same amount,
0: but then... I'm going to wrap this up relatively soon. We've got another podcast coming in. But no, I I probably write somewhere in the vicinity of what you do. But I actually... It's weird. I write less when I have actual essays to write because I'm thinking a lot harder about them. Yes, that's... Yes. (laughs) Like even even accounting for... I mean, I guess maybe not accounting for edits and omissions where I strike everything out. But um, maybe I will try long form again. I tried to do it for a little while, but my my hands are not built for that kind of dexterity. I have dexterity in my fingers, not my wrists. I think I've decided is what my problem is. Right? Because um, I just, I have a hell of a time writing. It's it's strange. I, long-form writing
1: is, I, even with the podcast as well, like once again, I think that having, the the way that I, writing it longhand was a way in which I ended up thinking more and writing less. And that's kind of a good thing. Uh, you know, sit, I mean, once again, like, because you know, Mitchell's gonna be coming here a little bit, you know, when he's doing one of his quiz nights, you know, the idea of like he doesn't need to write a bunch of questions down. What he needs to do is, and I'm sure he'll he does this, is you know, sit down and think for a decent spell of time, you know, what do I want this theme to be? How am I gonna write these questions? You know, what ways can I kind of creatively and enf- and have a good time and 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 write engaging and interesting questions? It's the same thing that you want you need to like kinda think about that and you can kind of spitball or ruminate a little bit quicker in your in your mind at least I think I think we can then you could just writing all those down and then saying all right I've written three questions down here's the problems with each and it's really that thinking um and less writing that's kind of helped me get through this because I was so fucking concerned about you know writing the scripts and writing these out and writing the podcasts down and it turns out that in the end I don't think I was thinking as much as I should have been with them but I gotta say David you know part of my you know like I love the introverse like you know the 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 essay uh, about the uh, visitor buying the uh, stereo equipment from you is probably one of the best things that you have done. And I think also, you know, your very, very moving essay on the uh, the attacks was also uh, really, really beautiful and well done also. And I mean beautiful in a very meaningful way, too. Well, thank you. No, and I just think that it is something and a talent that I think you have that is something that is cultivating. But unfortunately, I don't think there's anything as singularly frustrating as
0: writing. Like, it really... Oh, it's a pain in the ass yeah, to sit down I mean, and write. Like <laughs> I mean, it, it used to... It was weird. It used to be my way when I was in a uh, depressive trough um, in the middle of a bipolar cycle. I actually used to write a lot more. Right. And now I can't do that anymore. Huh. And I, I think it's because I used to do all of that in a journal. I, I journal right. very, very regularly. I write about a thousand words in a journal every day. But, right. the, um, but as far as actual writing, I expect other people to see. Mm-hmm. That is exceptionally hard to do in that mode. Absolutely. Um, because that feels like the kind of productive work that depression <laughs> just puts a fucking cap in <laughs> across the board. It's like getting, you know, it's like I'm, I'm in, I'm I'm hoping, I feel like I'm on the ramp right now because yeah. I actually managed to write one word of an essay that'll hopefully be out in two weeks. I feel like I'm on the ramp, but right now that like bed thing, mm-hmm. like I can wake up but getting up is not fun, right? Yeah, now. absolutely. Um, so, and it sounds like you are on that ramp as
1: well. Yeah, I've been, I've been moving up. I've been feeling good, and um, you know, semester's ending, and I got a month off. So, you know, like... not like, that like, I'm
0: accusing you of being depressed. I'm no, just, it, no, I no. Mean, it had <laughs> been,
1: but in area, I think that you know, I'm going to get into another issue here, but I think it, it, it can be that there that it exists in areas of our lives, not the whole life itself. And there, it is the case that. You know, nothing drowns the puppy of creativity like fucking depression does, you know? And like, uh, or especially the will to get it out there and to, you know, get it done. And that is just unfortunate. But, you know, man, we'll kind of keep going. And hopefully I've always found that when I, you know, when you hit that stride
0: for a little bit, at least you can stave that off for a while. Yeah. R- am I right? Well, and you can also... You can always do a little something absolutely, and that always helps that's yeah. I forget i forget you had quoted this, so I'm paraphrasing a quote from you um from earlier about I, I want my off days to be as good as other people's on days yes, like that's that's basically my objective is yeah, to man. fall is to fall into is fall from such a great height mm-hmm. that the net that I have built yes keeps me sustained absolutely um I still missed Wednesday though, so I guess I failed on that regard. But uh, regardless, <laughs> all right. Um, when can we hear a snippet? Of what you got going on,
1: so I um, will probably get this thing uploaded within by the end of the month as the target date for to have the website online, and um, hopefully by then we will have them posted to iTunes as soon as they're up, you'll know. And um, would you mind maybe a cross post, a little promotion oh, or something like absolutely. that?
0: Absolutely. Well, that
1: would be lovely. And as soon as this I know,
0: will almost certainly become more popular than this one, instantaneously.
1: Wonderfully. So. Well, I would appreciate that, and um, you know all the best, and I look forward to actually. When this actually happens, this will be something to celebrate in podcast format as well also. So look forward to talking
0: with you then about it. Woohoo. All right. Ryan, thanks for being part of the Magination Log. Always a pleasure. Good morning, everyone.